What is up? DGAFers. We're here live for the first time. I'm not pregnant anymore. I just I... have saggy skin. However, I am pregnant. I am very pregnant. I feel like this is the first time that that we've recorded a live episode that I've been the severely pregnant one. Yeah, and I have not been. I know. So it's been great. So what we're going to be talking about today in this episode is this is dedicated to anybody expecting and a baby. It is. <laughs> um, expecting a baby if you're a new mom just recently in postpartum or maybe not just recently in postpartum. Maybe your baby's like a year old and all that. But I am telling my birth story. So giving you all the juicy details of how that mm -hmm. went down. But we also get into conversation about just like how to prioritize yourself um, and kind of how we're going to be transitioning things in terms of our business and what we're going to be talking about. Yeah. And just, you know, we're really talking about just her story for the most part. That's like the whole gist of this. And even if you're not an expecting mom, like if you've been following Lauren along for a, a long time, you're going to enjoy hearing this. Um, we yes. do get graphic. So just FYI, like it's a lot of birthing talk. So yeah. if you're not into that. And if you are thinking about having a baby and you don't want to hear a troop, some people don't want to, then don't listen to this. Yeah. But if you are about to have a baby and you want to know what it's like, my, my version of what it's like, everybody's mm -hmm. different, then you're going to like this. Yeah. Well, and I think that's, you know, it's something that we really want to preface in the, this intro is just because Lauren's situation was one way does not mean that yours will be that way. Just because hers was that way doesn't mean mine will be that way. I will be sharing my birth story once I have one. <laughs> um, so far, yeah, we're not there yet. yet. Yeah. So, yeah. and and the reason we wanted to do this is because a it's fun to hear birth stories, especially if you're a mom. Like everyone loves to hear birth stories. Um, but also because we truly feel like we want to be authentic and real as can be. I even admit that I'm seeing a therapist right now in here, like all the things, because I just think we should normalize like just mental health and being real. Like, people that, yeah. you know, when you're like not thinking properly, <laughs> but also like normalizing like motherhood and just normalizing just the way you're feeling your thoughts, your emotions, mm -hmm. all the things, all the things. Yeah. So we talk about how, you know, we, the way that we used to do things is not necessarily going to be the way that we're doing things from now on, especially now that we're both going to be having babies in the next God. couple weeks, couple weeks, you yeah. guys, I'm 38 weeks almost. I will be on Sunday. So I bet the next episode we put out, she's had maybe. I feel like it too. I just feel like, I, I definitely feel like the last two days have been very different. And I I can't even really put my finger on it. Like, it's just weird. But I feel like I'm just kind of on, on, on edge, like waiting because I feel like I'm close. Yes, totally. So lots of changes have been going on over here. But one thing is staying consistent. We are still putting ourselves first. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, you know, took me a little bit of time to, to do that. Actually not that much time, like probably like a month. Yeah. <laughs> Which is pretty short. Yeah. Um, but we are still practicing a routine, whether it's the one we've done before or not, we're still doing, you know, making sure we're taking care of our needs and all that. And actually right now, speaking of needs being taken care of, we have our five days to mindful eating mm -hmm. series out. It's free. Um, and I feel like this is like the best way to just like get yourself back in the swing of things without putting too much pressure on yourselves. Mm -hmm. So we get lots of questions about like diets and, you know, I don't eat healthy. I literally, I swear every time in the DMs when we ask people like, what's your biggest challenge? It's always nutrition. Always. Always. Mm -hmm. Rarely is it anything else. Well, because, because even with nutrition, like once you get stressed, 
your nutrition is like the first thing to go. Oh yeah. Totally. Always. Always. And I even, you know, sometimes like you don't feel like following a plan mm -hmm. because maybe you're just not in that headspace or so just too having, restricted. Yes. Or, yeah. So mm -hmm. you're like, can I just have some like simple guidelines to be more mindful? Because the second you're more mindful about your food choices, just even just a teeny tiny switch. I'm, these are not like big monumental like tips. They're like so freaking mm -hmm. simple, but can totally be overlooked. And I'm telling you, yeah. if you implement these mindful eating tips that we have for you, you will be eating healthier without even like feeling like you are. Yeah. So it's great. Go opt in. It's totally free. And we're just going to be hitting your inbox up. Yeah. As, as we go. So the link is in our bio, if you don't know where it is. So if you click on our profile and then you click on our little link that we have there, mm -hmm. it'll be the first thing up there. So it's five days to mindful eating series. You just tap that, you put your first name, you put your email, and then it will send you a free gift right away. So it's our, our, um, what's it called? The grocery stop, grocery <laughs> shopping made great PDF. Like, what is it called? What is it called? Uh, you'll get that right away. And then you'll also get an email right away. And so how the five days to mindful eating eating series works is that you'll get an email every single day with a different tip, but we mm -hmm. also teach you how to actually do it. We don't just like give you the tip. We're like, Hey, this is like, how you implement it. No. And then we, um, the next day we'll ask you how it went. If you didn't take action on it, make sure you take action. And on it, so you can respond to all of these emails and it's the two of us getting back to you. So respond yes. to us and, and we will chat through that. So if you're not sure how to get that, um, like she said, it's in our bio. So our fit and social at fit.and.social on Instagram. Or if you're just listening to the podcast, um, we will link it in the show notes as well. Yeah. So go mm -hmm. opt in. And I promise you, if you're feeling bloated, if you're feeling like you need a kickstart, but you don't want to do anything super drastic, you're a new mom and you can't even figure out what to cook for dinner because you're losing your fucking mind. This mm -hmm. is for all of those people. Yeah. So go opt in. Yeah. All right. Let's, Let's do this. Welcome to the Demand Growth Act Fearlessly podcast brought to you by Lauren Mayer and Jenna Lockhart. You guys, we are just two average girls who realized that the only way to truly live an exceptional life was to fight through our fears and never give up on our dreams. So when you hang with us, you're going to hear it all. The good, the bad, the, the ugly, and everything in between. As our loyal listeners, you're going to be known as a DGAFer, like don't give a or get it. <laughs> oh, but really, we want you to think about this because you're one of two types. You're either a DGAFer who doesn't realize the importance of living a life of growth or change, or you're a DGAFer who doesn't give a bloop what it takes to reach your goals. Our hope is that we can turn you into the latter if you're not already there. We are finally live. <laughs> I know. <laughs> recording this. We're recording this on Thursday and we're releasing it tomorrow. Your, yeah, the day you're listening to it. Yeah, tomorrow. Um, and it's just crazy. I feel like I've missed I've missed this so Me much. Me too. Oh my god, I've missed work. I know. I know. So much. It's crazy. I can only watch so much Netflix. <laughs> I'm on Emily in Paris now. I don't know if you've watched that on Netflix. No, is it good? It actually is not bad. All right. Well, like the first episode, I was kind of like, hmm, but then I like gave it some, I don't know. I'm just really bored. I feel like, you know, right now I am almost 38 weeks pregnant and I feel like that's the best advice I've gotten so far is like 
find a show you can binge while like with you're, lots of episodes while you're up in the middle of the night. So maybe I'll try that one. Yeah. I know Shit's Creek was another one. I know you've seen that one, yes. but that was really, really, really great yes. to watch. But anyways, that's not what we're talking about today. No. Um, <laughs> we wanted to record an episode. We actually scheduled out our, our episodes um, before I gave birth and tried to plan out like, okay, when do we want to talk about this and that and this? And then like, when do you want to tell your birth story? Like both of our birth stories. Obviously, Jenna doesn't have her birth story yet because she hasn't been born. Maybe. Right. Right. <laughs> but so we scheduled mine, like, actually, I think, well, last week, mm -hmm. but Jenna was moving. So that didn't work. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I can't even wait to fill all of you in on, like, the whole situation of everything because it's it's been insane. It's literally been insane. The last eight weeks, yes. I feel like. it's It's just been a lot. Yes. So I can't believe we've kept up with Instagram. No, I can't either. Because, like, I don't understand how we did that. But I we know. do. We are we still did. doing it. We're keeping up, <laughs> and we are recording one podcast <laughs> over nine weeks. Yes. And here it is. Yes. So Lauren's birth story is coming your way. Yeah. So we just wanted to kind of – I was to share how it went and then also share just, like, how things have been going because Kip is almost eight weeks old. He'll be eight weeks on Monday. Um, so just kind of, like, what – expectations I had because I definitely had them even though we tell you don't I had some it's hard but I was to. like not so attached to them yes but I still had them yes and it still made for a challenge yeah I will say though I feel like you with all the mindset work that you've done I feel like you were able to to like bring yourself back around quicker way quicker yes yeah so that's like the message we always I think try to tell you guys is like Sometimes you're still going to have crazy expectations on yourself. You're going to be super hard on yourself. You're going to try to control everything. You're going to do all these things because mm -hmm. that's just human nature. Mm -hmm. But it's like how fast can you like snap out of it? Yeah. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. you know, we're never going to tell you like, oh, life's going to be perfect and you're not going to have challenges. Like, no, that's not, that's not realistic. And I think I know this episode's not about me, but like with me moving at 37 weeks pregnant and not being able to like do anything. Mm-hmm. Which, it's really hard. It's really hard. And I, you know, I am someone who really likes control. <laughs> you guys know that if you've been <laughs> listening, like I'm the control freak in all of this. Like I, it was really tough to just like take a step back and trust that things were going to fall into place. And I had this fear that like I was going to go into labor any single day. And I think the anxiety of like thinking that and then me overdoing things because I was afraid of that. Like I was pretty close a couple yeah, days. She definitely was. I'm so surprised Maeve is in there. Yeah, me too. I'm really happy. <laughs> so far we're 37 weeks and what? Five days? Four, four days. Four days. Yeah, it was a day off. And today is my birthday. So yeah, it's Jenna's birthday. Yeah, and I definitely want her to share, but we don't want to share a birthday. So we're going to try to keep her in there a little no, longer. You want to have separate birthdays. Yes, definitely. Okay. All right. Back to Lauren. So, <laughs> um, my birth's birth, by the way, I feel like I'm still in a daze. Mm -hmm. Like I told Jenna, I go, I literally wake up feeling hungover even when I don't drink because <laughs> Kip yeah. is still not sleeping through the night, but we'll get into all of that. But anyways, um, so birth story and actually this birth story, well, it's not similar to Cameron's, but some parts are similar to my first son who's four years old. If you don't know, he's four. Um, I had a scheduled C-section on September 19th because my first son, we ended up in a C-section. Long story short, my pelvis was too narrow he would not come out. So I pushed for forever. Had to get a C-section. Well, it was kind of traumatizing yeah. the first time. So. Like, that's a very short, we can, I could do like a live video or something on Cameron's birth <laughs> well, I story. I think we kind of did. We have yeah. a different, another episode okay. where you oh, went, we do. when you went into that a little bit more. So you can go back and find that one. Um, 
But yeah, I think it like your scheduled C-section <laughs> C-section was really to kind of avoid that trauma. Yes. This time. I was terrified to like whatever, have a V-back. And my doctor told me I only had a 20% chance of having a V-back, so I wasn't even trying. What's a V-back if no one it's knows It's a, a vaginal birth after a C-section. Yeah. Um, so I wasn't even going to attempt. But I kind of think I might have been able to. I don't know. Anyway, so this is what happened. So my son was born on Labor Day. Um, and so it was September 7th this year. Um, he was born on Labor Day, which is funny, but we actually went to typically my husband's side of the family has like a giant Labor Day party. And obviously because of COVID, it was like really small. There was literally like maybe seven people there. Yeah. It was just like aunts and, you know, um, me and Nick and his mom and dad and stuff, aunts and uncles. So we went and I was enormously pregnant. I was 37 weeks I think five days that day, which is insane. Cause that's, Cause me that's like tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah. So I went and, um, I was feeling fine when I went, got there. Um, obviously I was enormously pregnant, so I was uncomfortable, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but as like the night progressed, I started feeling like terrible. Like I started feeling not, I just like not feeling good. I was having major cramps, like major cramps and I was just super uncomfortable. So we ended up leaving and the whole ride home, I was like gripping the <laughs> side of the car, like the car handle, because I was having contractions, which I didn't really know. I kept thinking they were Braxton Hicks. Mm-hmm. I feel like I still don't know what contractions are, except for when you're like in, like when they're like every three minutes and you know what And you're are. like starting to time yeah. them. Yeah. Yes. Well, I even said to Lauren yesterday, we hung out for the first time in, I don't know, a week or yeah, so a while. while, actually. And I said, I was like, yeah, I'm having like period cramps almost. She's like, mm, yeah, pretty sure those are contractions. I think <laughs> like, those are contractions. I feel like anything could be a contraction. Like those are though, when you are. have period cramps. Yeah. So okay. she's probably having some. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. So I was having those, but they were kind of coming a little more regular, but like, I don't know. And they were a little more intense than normal. Like I was like, okay, this really hurts. So my husband joked and was like, you know, do you think you're going to have the baby today? I think you're going to have the baby today. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to have the baby today because Cameron came five days late. So I thought for sure I was not going to go early. I thought for sure I'd go in on September 19th, do the thing, you know, whatever. Well, and it's funny because like just thinking about the way the universe works and, and all of this has kind of fallen into place. Like we had so many plans to still do some things for work for the mm-hmm. next like couple weeks. We had mm-hmm. still had calls scheduled. But it's so funny to me because we have our women on a virtual mission business coaching cohort. We wrapped up the final call for that on Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. And Sunday. I went into labor. You went into labor. Yes. Like it was the universe saying like, you need to finish this last call. Yeah. You're going to birth your child. Yeah. Like, okay, I'll give you some leeway, but not too much. (laughs) Yeah. Not too much. Yeah. And I think it was good too, because it's like, it just is a good reminder that like, you can't control everything. You can't plan for everything. And even though you had a, you know, quote unquote planned C-section on the 19th. Mm-mm, mm-hmm. Nope. I know. Well, I guess the percentage of women going into labor who have planned C-sections is like really low. I don't know what the mm-hmm. percentage is, but my doctor was telling me. And so I did not think yeah. that I was going to. So anyway, so we get home and I was like, I need to go to bed. I told my husband, like, I need to go to bed because I'm in, I'm so uncomfortable. I don't even know what to do. Yeah. Like I just need to try to go to sleep. So I finally fall asleep and I wake up with like, really bad pain again. And I'm, I'm thinking, okay, I have to pee. Cause usually when I have like really, really bad pain at night, when I was pregnant, I would go pee and it would like help. Yeah. So I'm like, Oh, I just need to go pee. So I like got up and I was like, um, like a little squirt came out and I was like, that wasn't pee. 
And so I like rushed to the bathroom because my water broke with Cameron too, my four-year-old. So I know what it feels like to have your water break. And then I sat on the toilet and it was just like, I actually like did an Instagram story when I was sitting on the toilet. I was like, my water just broke guys. So I'm sitting here and I'm just, well, and I didn't have my phone. My phone was plugged into my nightstand. Which was really so far away. Did you get up and get your phone? No, I had to scream for Nick to come upstairs because oh. I I was like afraid to go reach for the pads, which were like, yeah. you know, I would have to get off the toilet. I didn't want. I mean, I probably I could have cleaned it up. It's not a big deal, but I like didn't want to like leak all over the floor. So my son was sleeping. Oh my god, it was like eleven o'clock at night, and so I screamed for Nick, which is actually the exact same thing that happened with Cameron. I, my husband was sleeping in the other room at the time because we had a queen bed and it was literally like the most uncomfortable thing. Mm-hmm. And so Nick slept in the guest bedroom for like a week because I was so uncomfortable and my water broke the same way with Cameron and I had to call him on my phone and I was like, I'm in the bathroom. My water broke. It's so oh, the same situation here because nice. I didn't have my phone. Isn't that bizarre? Yeah. So, so crazy. bizarre. And I think what's funny is that Nick, Nick was still up. He was up watching, I think, basketball or something. Yeah. But he was actually up because he was doing all your laundry. Yes. Because <laughs> I had not. So I had packed. Kip's um, hospital bag was packed. And I had, like, I think that was all that was packed. I think. Yeah. I don't remember. Because I, I remember you telling me you didn't have any of your, no, like. I didn't have my, like, anything. bras clean. I didn't have any shirts that I wanted to wear clean. Because I wanted to bring, like, flannels to, like, button up. Because I was going to try to nurse. Which, by the way, me, I don't know, other people are different. I wore nothing that I packed. Do you know what I wore the whole time? The nightgown that the hospital gave me because I was in so much pain that's that I couldn't even move. Well, that's good to know because I have two suitcases in the back of my Jeep right now that I just keep driving around with. And I probably won't use any of it. Yeah, I wore I, the only outfit I wore was the one I wore home, which, by the way, I was cheetah pants and a flannel, a red and blue flannel shirt is what I wore home. <laughs> And slippers. That's amazing. So like, and I had one button buttoned. I didn't even button because I had that binder. Anyways, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'll explain my outfit. So you know when you have like all these expectations of like, oh, I'm going to dress like really cute. I'm going to have like a cute going home outfit. I'm going to like, you know, have cute pictures in the hospital. I am not that person. I don't even know why I try to be that person this time because I brought my makeup, didn't even touch it. I brought um, a curling iron. Oh. Yeah. I didn't. Absolutely not. No. No. I thought maybe... I could snap one cute picture. Yeah. No, no, absolutely not. But anyway, so my water broke at like 11, 15 and I was like freaking out. And I like, you guys, I literally felt like I had to poop, which is a sign that you're like, you're like ready to push, ready to push. But I'm like, I don't know. So I was like freaking out. I'm like, Nick, I feel like I have to poop. Well, I called my sister who's a nurse and she's actually a nurse at the hospital I delivered at, but not in the maternity section. So I called her and I was like, Miranda, I'm like, I feel like I have to poop. I'm having contractions literally like literally every two minutes they're like really painful. My water broke. She's like, um, you might need to call 911 if you have to poop. And like my husband's face, he's like, what? I'm like, you need to relax. Yeah. Like, I'm like, if you're stressed, this isn't going to go well. He's like, what do I do? What do I do? I'm like, oh my God, I don't know. So I call my mom because my four-year-old's sleeping. Yeah. I mean, you have... What are you going to do with your four-year-old? Right. So I'm, no one was planning on this. No. Because your C-section wasn't scheduled for two more weeks. Yeah. So Cameron's <sighs> passed out in his room. So I call my mom. I'm like, mom, my water broke. You need to come here now and, you know, watch Cameron. I did not want to have to take Cameron to the hospital. No. Which you're not allowed because it's COVID. So I didn't know what I was going to do with him. Because I'm like, well, we can just bring him. And Nick's like, well, he can't come in. So he's going to yeah. sleep in the car. Like, what are we going to do? do? I'm like, am I going to have to go in the hospital by myself? Cause Nick's going to have to sit in the car. It when was just this whole thing. Well, and your parents are like a half hour away, yes. which isn't 
far, but in that situation, yes, it's, it's far. It's far. It's far. So especially when you wake her up from a dead sleep and right. she has to get ready. Right. She has to come over here. And yeah. Like, so my mom finally gets here. No baby has come out. I'm just having normal like contractions every two minutes. I was like, okay, I think I'm fine because it was just like that I could talk through the contractions. I'm like, there's no way I'm about to give birth. Like you people can't talk through contractions when they're about to give birth. So my mom gets here. We leave. We go to the hospital. And there's actually like, there was like a ton of people at the entrance, which was really weird. And so it was like, oh, midnight when I got there and they're like, oh my God, are you going to have a baby? So I'm like waddling. Oh yeah. Like my water broke and oh, you know, my norm is like, gosh. yeah, they're like, congrats. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> so we get into the hospital, which it's so creepy with COVID. Like no one was there. It was just a security guard. And I don't know. It was just really, really, really weird. So what time around did you get to the hospital it was probably like well my water broke at 11 15 we probably didn't leave here till like 11 40 something so yeah. it was like 12 it was like midnight sometime and i get there and so they check me in do everything and i was like freaking out because i thought like they were gonna ask me do i want to try to have this baby vaginally mm -hmm. and i was like i can't make a decision right now and no. it's like we're not making a decision you're getting a c-section like we can't make a decision right now. No, you are not in a yeah, state like, of mind. You're just going with the plan. So it was actually fine. So they, you know, they check me in, they do all the things. And by the way, they do ask you when you get checked in, just FYI, I didn't, I don't remember them asking you this with Karen, but I don't also was like a disaster with Karen. Like the nurse like asks you privately if your husband's like abusive. I didn't really? even, yeah. Like he like walked away for a second. She's like, okay, I have to ask you this question. Like, is he, um, like, is there any abuse? And I'm like, no. But it was weird. I was that like so caught weird. off yeah. guard. I never even told Nick that. Um, wow. But anyway, so they checked me. Like, the doctor comes in and he's like, oh, we got to to see if your water broke. I'm like, dude, it broke. Yeah. Like, it's broken. I promise you it's gone. So it was actually – my contractions were coming and they were painful. Um, but it was, like, the fastest thing ever. I remember I took a picture – of me with like the band on like my belly and stuff and I was like baby Kip's coming and I like posted on yeah. Instagram and then literally like 47 minutes later he was born because they took me into the c-section room which is the brightest fucking room I ever bet. it is literally like every wall is like white sterile white and it room. is yeah the brightest lights you will ever experience now Nick could come back with you well no not at the beginning not at the beginning no. So, um, well I was, I skipped this part when I was at home, I was like shaking uncontrollably. Um, when my water broke, I think it was like nerves, but also my doctor said like, that means you're in active labor when you're starting like to shake shaking. and I couldn't control it. Um, so there's that, but then I was, I had to go back into the C-section room by myself, obviously cause they have to do all the shit they have to do to me, put the spinal block in and do mm -hmm. all, all mm -hmm. the stuff. And oh my God, I was like shaking. There was like a million, it felt like there was a million people in the room, but my anesthesiologist was like the, she was like old. I was like, yes, I like <laughs> did not want a resident because yeah. I've heard nightmare stories about that. Um, so it actually was great. They like literally put my spinal block in and made me lay down immediately. And it was like the best thing ever. I couldn't feel literally right. anything at all. I didn't puke. None of that happened. Cause I made them give me medicine for that. I was going to ask, did you have any other symptoms like before you went into labor other than having cramps that day? No, that was it. Yeah, that was it. Cause sometimes they say you have diarrhea Yeah, and sometimes they say like, I don't know, you but I lose your mucus no. plug and things like that. Oh, I probably like lost that. it when I, my water broke, but I didn't know. You had no idea. Cause it was like a little red. It was like a little pink in yeah. the toilet. Yeah. So I don't know, but huh. no, I had no signs before that. Literally none. Wow. My sister did though. 
Um, everybody's different. So crazy. So the C-section. So once they got me all like my spinal block was good and then they brought Nick in and like I was laying there and like already gotcha. and like whatever. So Nick came in and then they literally just took Kip out. He like didn't even cry. I like was worried. I was like, yeah. um, is he okay? They're like, yeah, he's fine. He's just hanging out. Like didn't even he's cry chilling. at all. And this time I actually got to watch everything because they like did all of his checks and stuff like over by my head kind of with Cameron. I don't know where he was. He was nowhere near yeah. for me to see. Well, I don't know. I was like so out of it. Well, and I feel like with Cameron, you were like shaking, throwing Oh, I was up, like, like, yeah, before I got, when, when I got my C-section with Cameron, I was sleeping because I was so exhausted because yeah. I pushed for almost four hours. And so I was like literally sleeping. Just out of it. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know where Cameron was when he was born, but Kip, I got to see him. That's amazing. And it was so cute. Um, I was actually really nervous to meet him. It was weird. I was like laying there. Like when you like get a C-section, like when I was pushing with Cameron, I didn't know what push he was going to come out on. Yeah. Which he never ended up coming out. But like with a C-section, you know, like, okay, the baby's like, here he is. Here he is. Like, I don't know. It's like more like expected. There's yeah. not so much surprise. But um, I, so I knew he was coming in like minutes. Like when you're, yeah. when you're laboring, you're like, it could be 24 hours later and this baby yeah. is born. But yeah. when you have a C-section, it's like, you're here, you're down, you're cut open. He's here. He's here. It's quick. So I was like, oh my God, I'm like really nervous to like meet him. And Nick's like, why? I'm like, I don't know. Like, yeah, he's been growing in my stomach for nine months. I don't know this kid. Yeah. I don't know what he looks like. I don't know what his personality is. I mean, they don't really have much of a personality when they're born, but like. Yeah. Well, and, and I that, don't know this that kid. Was, that was one thing that kind of surprised me. I, I assumed that we would get ultrasounds like very frequently. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we go to the same doctor. Yeah. Thank God. He's amazing. He is. So I thanks, love him. Thanks for the referral. <laughs> <You're welcome. laughs> um, but it's just, it was bizarre to me. Like I haven't had an ultrasound since week, like what, 17, mm -hmm. I think. Like your anatomy Like scan. your anatomy scan mm -hmm. when they tell you the gender. Yeah. And so I'm even like, what if it isn't even a girl? Like what <laughs> yeah, if like, you what? guys fucked up? What if I, like her nursery is pink and has yeah. a chandelier. Yes. It's not a boy nursery. I don't know. It is not. not so, but I'm like, you guys, like, you don't know. You haven't seen her either for the yeah. last 20 weeks like, <laughs> no idea. it's so, really bizarre it's funny like the random like the fears and the thoughts that come into your head but, but yeah it's like, weird how different things are because when i had cameron they did an ultrasound with me at like 38 weeks yeah so i have pictures 3d pictures of his face and he literally looks like cameron, like cameron. it's weird and well, so i thought they were gonna do that well my i have an ultrasound scheduled for week 39 mm. so that's I think you would have if you would have made it that far. Maybe I would have. Well, no, well, they told me because I, I was having a C-section that they didn't need to do one. Yeah. They were going to do one to see if, how big he was if I was trying to do a vaginal. Yeah. So so for us, we go I go back next week. We don't have an ultrasound. And then week 39, we do an ultrasound. And they want to check the the levels of fluid. Oh, And if yeah. there's not enough fluid, then, then they're they want to induce you. Oh, God. I hope you don't have to do that. Me too. So I'll let you guys <laughs> it'll know be my fine birth story. It, it will. It'll be yeah. fine. I'll let you know my birth story once it's here. Yes. And I'm recovered. Yeah. Sort of. So the C-section <laughs> happened and I was like, fine and great. Kip was great. Um, then they like sew you up, do whatever. And then they roll you into the recovery room. I actually remember all these steps this time. Well, they like handed me Kip. And I was like so drugged up that I was like scared to like so hold him because like I couldn't. I was like dizzy, like trying, like when they, especially they were rolling me back there, I was like, what the f And so like they're, they like gave me him and I was like, I can't hold him. Like you, somebody needs to take yeah. him. So they took me to the recovery room. 
And uh, by the way, if you do get a C-section, just, or even if you don't get a C-section, um, you tech, I didn't know this, you do not need to breastfeed for at least 24 to 48 hours. The kid's fine. You can literally just squeeze colostrum out of your boob and put it in their mouth with your finger. Huh. Because I could not physically yeah. do it. I was like really getting upset because with Cameron, for some reason, he, I, he like latched really easily when I was in the recovery room. And so I didn't have to do much. I didn't have to like move my body or like try to get up or anything. But Kip had no fucking clue what was going on. Maybe it's because he was early. He was early and his little lip. Yeah, little his lip, lip. Like really like it like went inward. So cute. It's so cute. But <laughs> I, so Cameron was a week late. So I think that's why he was able to latch better. But I, who knows? So they like tried to get him to breastfeed on me and he was just like, like no clue what's going on. Yeah. And the lady's like, you need to move this way. I'm like, move woman. I cannot do shit right now. No. There, I can't move. I feel like I'm going to barf. Like, yeah. So I kind of had to yell at the nurse a little bit. I was like, yeah, I can't, yeah, I can't do that. And it said surgery. And I also have a spinal block. So like my entire bottom half is complete. I can't feel shit. No. Like, what do you want me bed. to do right now? I was like so annoyed. Well, finally, I like got out of the recovery room and I had a lactation consult come in because I was literally freaking out about this because I'm like, he hasn't eaten anything, mm -hmm. nothing, because mm -hmm. I can't do anything. And she's like, no, you don't even need to worry about it for like 24, 48 hours. She's like, all you need to do is just squeeze, get a teeny, literally like a well, teeny tiny bit on your pinky stomach, and just put it in his mouth. Their stomach is like the size of a pea yeah. when they come out. Like, yeah. She's like, so that's all you have to do. Yeah. And so that was really nice because I could sleep and not worry about it. And then like every two or two hours, I would just squeeze colostrum out and put it in, in his cheek, which yeah. was actually really nice. I wish that's how you fed him all the time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was actually really relaxing and really nice. Um, yeah. So, so I was actually like on cloud nine for like the first 24 hours because my spinal block was still going. Like I started getting feeling back in my legs, but like I couldn't feel any pain. Yeah. So I felt amazing. Like I was like, oh my God, my friends were texting me. I'm like, I feel amazing. This is great. Like this is great. I'm like the pain meds are still going. Like I feel awesome. Like I'm happy. Everything's great. And then the pain meds were off and it, I literally remember texting my friends and I was like, I feel like I've been shot. Mm -hmm. Like I, it is, was so painful. And they make you get up and walk and go to the bathroom and oh, ugh, like mm. gives me like makes me nauseous to think about it. Um, but yeah, it was really hard in the hospital. Um, I started breastfeeding him though, and it was like actually going really well. Um, but I actually right now am not breastfeeding. I'm also not pumping. I know somebody said somebody messaged us because um, when I asked like, what do you want to hear about in this podcast episode, like because I had announced that I was just going to strictly pump, which I did for like two weeks, maybe not even two weeks. And she was like, I want you to talk about your pumping and how's it, how's it going? Well, I'm not doing it anymore. Yeah. I feel like we need to do another episode on that yeah. whole, because you, I mean, you breastfed for a month. a month. Yeah. Like strictly breastfed him. I went to a couple different consultants. Yeah. Went to, went to the hospital lactation consultant and went to like a private lactation consultant. The private one was way better mm -hmm. than mm -hmm. the hospital. I mean, the hospital one was fine, but the private one was really good. Um, I don't know. Breastfeeding just wasn't like, I didn't, I was getting angry when I was breastfeeding. Um, and like, he was like latching fine, but I had like some pain and I don't know, other things were happening. Um, I just would get so pissed off mm -hmm. every time. And Nick would be like, Oh, I think he's hungry. And I'm like, God damn it. Like I would get so yeah. mad. 
So I'm like, I don't think this is working um, because I want to kill people when he wants to eat. And that's yeah. not the best thing. No. And, you know, if it's not if it's not working to, like, bond the two of you together. Yeah. Then. It's- well, I just think recovering from major surgery. I mean, I know people do it. But for me, I was just like, you know what? I'm just in too much fucking pain. Mm-hmm. I'm exhausted. I have a four-year-old. I Why am I torturing myself to do this? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not happy. And I kept, I mean, I went a month with Cameron. I literally breastfed for like four days. And yeah. then I like started pumping. So I made it way longer than I did with Cameron, which was great. Which is amazing. Yeah. But then I started pumping and I was like, okay, this is better because mm-hmm. I'm not getting angry. But then pumping, I, I got to a point where, you know, I had my two kids and I was just like pumping was getting in the way of me hanging out with my four-year-old. And I was like, fuck that. Mm-hmm. I am not mm-hmm. pumping over being present with my children. Like mm-hmm. I didn't want want to do that. Um, I ended up saving a ton of breast milk in the freezer. So he's still getting some every now and then. Like I'll bring it out and put it in his bottle and stuff. But Cameron had formula and he's perfectly fine. And honestly, that when I started giving Cameron formula is when I – started feeling like myself again and being normal Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and the same things happened for kip like the second i started giving him formula and the second i started you know doing some like breathing exercises and doing some time for me like my ab work that i've been doing um i feel like pretty like back to myself yeah now yeah so i don't know if i skipped anything in my birth story but yeah Yeah. oh doordash oh Mm -hmm. i like with cameron i did not I don't think DoorDash was a thing. Uh-uh. Um, and so we ate the hospital food and the hospital food's disgusting. Um, but we DoorDashed first watch oh, every morning. That's amazing. Oh, yeah. So just do that when you're at the hospital. Okay. All right. Good to know. <laughs> I got avocado toast. Check. <laughs> every morning. It was so good. Wow. Um, but things are going well now. He's almost, like I said, eight weeks old. And I feel like at six weeks, I started to, because I got released to do more things, I started to feel a little bit better about everything and it mm-hmm. got more in the groove. And now I feel like, you know, we're used to two kids now. Yep. Kind of used to two kids. Um, and he's sleeping a little bit better. So things, if you're a mom listening to this, a new mom, things do get better. It doesn't feel like they're ever going to get better. <laughs> Um, because the first like month takes, feels like it's lasting 25 years. Mm -hmm. Um, but I feel a lot better now. I always, I would told Jenny, even with Cameron, like the two month mark, I remember at two months, it started to be a lot easier, a lot better. You know, we were more in a groove. They're sleeping a little bit better. They're smiling at you. They're doing things and look, he's going to be two months here and it's like getting so much better. And it's getting easier. Yeah. And I, I think too, another big message that we want you to, to take away from this episode is, you know, Lauren has two kids. Like she had Cameron four years ago, but at no point did that make her like an expert with no. having Kip. Like oh every, <laughs> every kid is so different. And I feel like that's been a big conversation you and I have had mm-hmm. throughout your experience. Well, every experience is different. Um, every kid's different. Every experience is different. I and mean, like go, <laughs> there's no perfect time. I don't think to have your second baby. Like people are like, Oh, don't have them too soon. Cause then you're like, you have two kids in diapers or don't have them too late because then you're out of, you're out of the group of baby and you're starting over again. It's hard, literally no matter, no matter what, when, mm-hmm. um, like with a four-year-old, they're more like aware. So they get a lot more jealous, I think. Um, cause my sister has a two-year-old and like Colton definitely got jealous. Um, but it was different. Like mm-hmm. Cameron, like his feelings get hurt, yeah. which is, I think is a little bit different. Um, but also he doesn't understand like 
that Kip's a baby. Mm-hmm. So he thinks he can play with him. When he even didn't even say this week, like he's taking too long yeah. to grow he's up. He's like, mom, he's taking so long to grow up. I'm like, oh, well, it's going to be a while. <laughs> uh, but also like all the bottles had been put away for forever. Like my pump, I hadn't seen that in forever. Like yeah. just all the baby stuff was like gone. Like we don't even have to like bring a diaper bag with us anymore. Like right. with Cameron, really, unless we're going somewhere for a while. So like it was a huge, it was like another shock to the system. Like, oh, we got to go back to the beginning all over again. Like, Mm -hmm. so I don't know, but adjusting is, is happening. And I'm actually just like to be more sane, like talking to a therapist. Um, I did only done one session, but, um, doing another one. And even though I don't have postpartum depression this time around, I was actually diagnosed with adjustment disorder, which she says pretty much every mom has, right? (laughs) Because you're adjusting. Because you're adjusting. So like every new mom's adjusting right to a lot, a lot. (laughs) So, well, that's what my therapist said. She's like, we have to diagnose you with something because I wanted to submit it to my insurance. And she's like, in order for them to like, even look at it, she's like, so I'm going to diagnose you with like adjustment disorder and like low mood. Mm -hmm. Um, And she's like, basically every human being goes through this when they go through life changes, Mm -hmm. like something in their life, you know, happens. Um, So that was like kind of good good to know. I definitely feel different than I did after Cameron. Like I was like depressed after I had Cameron. Like, um, I mean, there was times where I would feel a little bit better, but like, it was like, it was pretty, I was way more low. I like cried pretty much all day, every day with Cameron and Kip. I would just have like, I told my therapist, I'm like, I usually only get real crazy and like start bawling when I have both kids at home by myself. Mm -hmm. Like if Nick's home or if my mom's over or if I just have Kip or if I just have Cameron, I'm typically fine. Right. Like I can kind of get, you know, get through it and you know, whatever, but bringing both of the kids together and me being by myself, I was like really having a hard time doing that, Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. she's like, that's so normal. Right. She's like, pretty much every mom goes through that. And, um, so anyway, so yeah, I'm seeing a, a therapist. I don't know how long I'll see her for, but she's basically just helping me like adjust mm-hmm. and giving me tips to like, not get angry, you know, when I get overwhelmed. Cause that's what I've been feeling. It's like, I'm getting angry at either my four-year-old or my husband, or I'm just like kind of, you know, doing that when I'm getting really stressed or overwhelmed. And I even told her, I'm like, I, I know that's happening and I just need somebody on the outside to like say, Hey, try this. And it's funny. Cause I told her, I was like, how ironic is it that I'm like a mindset coach and all this stuff. And like, I'm struggling right now. She's like, dude, like that's normal. It she's is. like, I'm a therapist and I have to see a therapist yeah. sometimes. Yeah. She's like, you're doing all of the things she's like, but sometimes when you have like this big of a change, mm-hmm. like you just, you need like a, a coach, yeah. which is funny. Cause I was like, okay. She's like, there's only so much you can do on your own. Mm -hmm. And that's, I'm like, oh my God, like, that's like what we need to tell our clients because I feel like some people are like, oh, I can do this on my own. And it's like, there comes to a point where you You, can't, you can't. And I'm like, yeah, I can't do this on my own. I need somebody that's not my husband because he's amazing, but like, he doesn't actually understand what's going on in my brain. Mm -hmm. And so I try to tell him and he's just like, he's not having hormones flood his body. He wasn't cut open. He didn't, what his boobs were fucking bursting and bleeding and doing all like he didn't experience any of that (laughs) so and like this therapist I have she has two kids as well so she can kind of relate um on that aspect but I really like that she pointed that out to me was like yeah sometimes you need 
-hmm. like a coach or like a therapist or like somebody to help you. There's only so much that you can do on your own Mm -hmm. to really get through it. And I think too, sometimes like, you know, because we are mindset coaches, because we work with clients, it's like, you know, people expect there's like more of an expectation on us that we'll like snap back immediately. Snap back We're not going to have any mental issues or anything. No challenges whatsoever. And that's why we wanted to record this episode, like, because that's not realistic. But again, it's just getting these practices in place to be able to shorten the amount of time it takes you to pivot back to, to feeling good. Yeah. Well, she even said to me, she was like, I'm really excited to work with you because you believe in the same practices that I believe in. Yeah. She's like, so I think this is going to go really well. Um, but also I pointed out to her, I was like, I feel like because I practice gratitude and because I journal and because I exercise and because I do all of these things, I'm way more self-aware and Mm -hmm. I know when I need to ask for help. Yep. Like, and I'm not ashamed to. So like when my, when when I went to see my doctor and he was asking me how things were going and I'm like, I mean, they're going okay. I was like, but I cry a lot. Mm -hmm. And he's like, "Mm okay. And it was at my six week appointment. And I was like, I get angry at my husband because he works all the time. And it's like not his fault, but like, I want to kill him. Mm -hmm. Like, is this normal? And he's like, maybe you need to see a therapist mm-hmm. or a counselor like it might help <laughs> Look, even, it's just I mean it's funny looking back like I remember the one day I mean thank god we have each other because I feel like in that short span of time where I was like closing on yeah. a house and buying a car and moving all within like four days and you were in the, the like thro- the-, the throes of postpartum like we got together and got our nails done it was like the best day but we both just like cried and talked like invented out and it's like we both needed that I think and Mm -hmm. but it's just funny to hear you say things like you're literally mad at Nick because he's mowing mowing the grass and listening to a podcast and laughing yes I was wanted to kill him just wanted to murder him because he was happy mowing the grass yes like like things that would normally not be triggering Mm -hmm. are triggering well that's what I was telling my therapist I was like I am mad because everyone around me is happy. Yeah. And I'm not. Yeah. And and I was trying to explain that to my husband was like, you don't know what it's like because he's like, you're not alone. I was telling him I felt alone. Yeah. And he's like, but you're not alone. Like you have me, you have like your mom, you have Jenna, you have all these people. I'm like, but you're not understanding. Like I am alone though, because I'm the only one who has these crazy thoughts, who is depressed, who is really upset, not happy feels sick like you guys all are fine mm-hmm. I'm like my mom's like having a great time going hanging out with her friends and walking and going to the winery and doing all this stuff and you're you know mm-hmm. going to work and chatting it up with your friends and having a blast and mowing the grass and listening to podcasts and laughing I'm like I don't fucking laugh yeah okay yeah like I was like and so when I see other people around me doing that I feel alone because nobody else is crying for no fucking reason mm-hmm. Then enter me yes. into your life. The <laughs> and day Jenna we, was crying for no reason, so it made me feel better. <laughs> the, day, the day that we got our nails done was the day that I humiliatingly, I'm making up a lot of words today. I was literally snot crying in, and I, I'm like not a crier typically, snot crying in mm-hmm. the lobby at Huntington Bank. Like yeah. snot yeah. through <laughs> my mask. Like it was so embarrassing. And then I had to go like meet Lauren for lunch right after. And I was just, I called her and I was just like sobbing the entire way in the car. Cause I'm like, if I don't call you right now and cry the whole way to meet you, 
lunch is gonna completely suck because <laughs> I'm gonna not cry through lunch. <laughs> it sucks though to be like so sad and upset and like no one else around you is like feeling that way. Yeah. So it's like a misery loves company kind of thing. And yeah, it's but also just, like just knowing that you're not alone. Yes, because like when people like before I had kids, when people would say, you know you know, sometimes being a mom is like very lonely. And I'm like, how? Like, I don't understand. Like, I didn't, couldn't wrap my head around that. Like, no, I get it obviously now because you are doing, you're like, I told my therapist, I'm like, I'm with my kids, right? You know, when it's just me, Cameron and Kip. And I'm like, I'm not alone. Physically, I am not yeah. alone. But I am because I'm the, I have to take care of them. Like, yeah. they can't take care of me. No. Like, if I'm, you know, hungry and not feeling good. I can't ask my four-year-old to cook me something, you know, no. I, I, I'm constantly doing stuff for these kids, which I love them. But like, and then my husband's at work, you know, at a football game and he's an athletic director. And you know, what he does at the football game is he sits there, he stands there on the track and chit chats with the principal. He just has to be there as yeah. like a body. Yeah. I mean, he does more than that, but like that in my head, I'm thinking, Oh, you just get to go stand on the fucking track tonight. And chit chat and have a great fucking time with the principals and I have to be at home catering to these children. And that's one other reason why I stopped breastfeeding was because I just felt like trapped. And when I feel trapped, I freak out. Mm -hmm. And I know some people don't feel that way. Breastfeeding to some people is like, I don't know. I don't even know because I can't even tell you because I have no fucking <laughs> clue how they feel that way. I feel like somebody chained me down with handcuffs and like a fucking giant boulder to my home mm -hmm. and that I can't do anything. You can do nothing. I just have mm -hmm. to let this kid suck on my boob all day. And then I just have to sit here and like, I just picture, I don't know if you've ever seen the SpongeBob episode where that lady's like that worm is in the wheelchair and she's like, <sighs> like she like talks like that. She's like Brown and like all wrinkled. That's oh how God. I felt. That's how you feel. Yes. Oh, like I just, like every time he would breastfeed on me, I just felt like my soul like was coming your soul out. Soul getting sucked like out just, of your body. Yes, that's wow. what I felt. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, I also <laughs> am planning to breastfeed. Um, and it's funny. I was talking to my mom the other day, and she's like, "Okay." She's like, "Do you think it's helping you that like just like see people going through these struggles? Because obviously, like you know, Laura and I talk about the challenges she's had. I've asked my friends like mm -hmm. just to." for the real raw truth that, that they're, what were their birth stories? What were their experiences like? What was this like? And I feel like people are very scared to tell it me tells. things. Yeah. And I, I honestly think it's helping Yeah. because I'm like, because then if you experience it, you're not going to think you're crazy. No, you don't think you're completely alone. But then if you're not and experiencing you're not, it, you're going to be happy. Yeah. Like, it's like, Oh my God, oh, thank God. I didn't feel like my really soul well. is getting sucked out of my body. Yeah, I, I was breastfeeding. Feel, that's great. I don't feel like the worm in a wheelchair yeah. on SpongeBob. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I, I think it's, it's been really refreshing to hear these kind of things for me just before I even go into this, because I think it's helping me not have such crazy expectations. Yeah. And I think talking about what post like early postpartum is actually like, I mean, somebody, I saw something on it. Well, we, you know, the girl I'm talking about, um, on Instagram mm -hmm. who had a baby recently. Um, and Yes, there's a lot of obviously wonderful things about having a baby. Like, I love my baby. Yes. Like, love them to death. And, like, there's lots of moments where he's, like, so cute. And we have, like, it's just a great. But, like, I don't know. And so she was kind of posting on there. She was, like, so many people talk about, like, 
how hard it is. Da, da, da. They need to talk more about how like, like I love my baby and this is perfect. Da, 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 da. I'm like, this is what pisses me off is because it's like, don't tell me that I can't be real about my feelings because then when you tell me that it's bad for me to be real about my feelings and that's when I hold everything in and I feel like an idiot yeah. for telling somebody that breastfeeding sucked the soul, my soul out. And I, and I feel like that's, and I'm like, fuck you. What I, I feel like that's where the cycle keeps going. Yeah. Where it's like we women just, we can continue to beat ourselves up and feel bad about things and feel like failures when things don't go as perfectly planned. And it's like, no. Well, and I get what she's saying, like be more positive. But focus I'm like, on it's, the good, but I'm like, focus yeah, on the wins. which That's we different. do. But like, if moms aren't talking, or anyone, not, not just moms, like if nobody talks about the hard shit, mm -hmm. like how are we supposed to like, like humans need to like relate to each other. Mm -hmm. Like, how are we supposed to relate to somebody and and also help other people? Like. I don't understand her. that like really pissed me off when mm -hmm. I don't know why it's like so triggering when she yeah. like she like made this Instagram reel about it and I was like fuck that Instagram reel yeah fuck you don't tell moms to stop talking about how hard shit is mm -hmm. and stop talking about all this shit like it helps it's therapeutic I think to talk about it because like Jonah said like you're not the only one going through it but also it feels good to get it off your chest and I wish I would have heard a little more reality with my first son because all I heard was like, oh my God. Well, all I didn't really hear anything because nobody really talked about it. Like those commercials, like when you give birth, yeah. the baby just comes out nine months old, first off. Right. Looks like it's nine months old. Yeah. And it's just smiling. Yeah. And they laugh at you. you're just like calmly putting its diaper on. Yeah. And then you're just like in the sun. And it's just, I'm like, that's what I thought it was going to be like all the time. Yeah. Like there's moments where it is like that. But yeah. I thought that was what it was going to be like all, all the time. And then you get into reality and it's not like that. And it, no, it's a slap in the face. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. So that, I don't know. That was really triggering to me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. don't feel guilty talking about the hard stuff. But I also, you know, when you want to talk about the good stuff, don't feel guilty about talking about the good stuff either. Right. right. Like if you're having a great day and your kids being amazing or like, you love breastfeeding or you love being pregnant. Don't feel guilty talking about that, but also don't feel guilty talking about if you don't love something. Mm -hmm. That's what I wanted her to say. Instead of saying, stop saying this, this, and this, and start saying this. I'm like, mm, first off, don't tell me what to do. And second off, no, we need to say both. Yeah. 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 We need it to just be real so that people stop feeling bad about themselves. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So basically things are going good now. I have two boys. Cameron's obsessed with Kip, like obsessed. Like so he literally cute. wants to know where he is at every moment. He wants to kiss him all the time, which is cute, but also he doesn't understand kissing, like not jamming his head. In his yes. Head. Yeah. Like headbutting. Um, mm -hmm. But I'm happy. Like, it's so weird now that Kip's here. I'm like, how are you never here? Never I like think about that all the time. It's bizarre. I'm like, how are you not here? He just feels like last like, year. Like such a part of your family. Yeah. Aww. I'm like, he's, that's why I said to Nick. I was like, and Cameron's four. I mean, yeah. he hasn't been here that long. No. Like how has Cameron not been here forever? I know. And it's, it's weird. I, I told Lauren the other day too, like for me, I feel like there's still some days that I, it doesn't feel real to me that we're going to have our daughter in like mm -hmm. two weeks. Yeah. Ish. 
yeah. maybe. I don't know. And then when she's <laughs> here, you're going to be like, you're just going to be like, how was she never here? Yeah. Like most, literally most of your, well, like 99.9% of your life, mm-hmm. you did not have her here. No, no. That's so and weird. going to be here. Forever. Well, yeah. Forever. Like, yeah. That's crazy. It's crazy. That like blows my mind every time. But anyways, I think that's it. Yeah, I think so. I feel like we're going to be talking about this a, a lot more to come. Oh, yeah. And sure. we wanted to address um, one other thing. Oh, one of the questions that we got yes. on Instagram stories. Yes. We got. We want to talk because I feel like we've been talking a lot. Sure. So okay. we got a question. Someone asked us, um, responded to our stories like, so are you guys just like solely talking about motherhood from this point on? And we wanted to address that because that's something that we are going to talk about about a lot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, for right now, that's the season of life that we're both in. We're both in postpartum. We're both, well, not me yet, but you know, you're almost there, almost there. Um, and really like working on getting our routines back, getting back into the swing of things, like getting a workout routine, getting a schedule, getting ourselves to the point where we feel like we haven't lost ourselves in motherhood. Yes. That's where we're at. Yes. We created fit and social. That was like our first like business that we created. And we're actually, you know, probably going to be transitioning things here soon, just in terms of like our brand, Mm -hmm, because it was mm -hmm. just fit and social is what we created at first because, you know, we were fit and social before COVID and before we got pregnant, all the things. Yeah. And now, I mean, we're still fit and social, but it's a different, it's a different fit in social now. Mm -hmm. So I think we, you know, what we're going to try to do on Instagram, um, is explain a little bit more of like what fit and social means. Yeah. Um, so to us now, well, cause it's not just fit in fitness, it's fit mentally. Yes. I think more so than anything. Yes. And as you and I have grown, we've learned that we've grown into that. Whereas when we started fit and social, it was more about like, Oh my God, I'm going to work out and then I'm going to go drink. Yes. (laughs) And I feel like social is different now too, because well, with COVID socials, obviously obviously a ton different. And you know, the way we were talking about things before COVID now that shit's not happening. You're not really, people aren't, I mean, well, maybe they are like, you're not like going out as much and like, I don't know. So it's different. It's more like takeout and and that kind of shit that we need to like address. Um, but also even social life as a mom is different than a social life mm-hmm. as not a mom. So like, I just think a lot of conversation is going to be different, but our main like mission is still going to be like the same, like where you need to make sure that you're putting yourself first mm-hmm. so that you're able to pour into whatever the hell else you have going on. Yeah. Whether that's being a mom, whether that's being, you know, you were really pouring into your job, your spouse, your mm-hmm. whatever. Yep. You always have to come first. Your basic needs need to be met. I mean, that's, that is like the one piece of this that is never changing, never, never, never changing. going away. So if you are someone who's listening and who's followed us for a long time and you're not a mom, you don't plan to be a mom, you don't want to be a mom, like that's fine. That's mm-hmm. totally okay. And we would absolutely love to help you. Um, and, and I think stick around because you're going to be able to benefit from so many of the things that we're teaching because everyone is freaking busy as hell. Yes. No matter what it is, definitely. whether you're a mom or whether you're not. Definitely. But I do see us definitely developing like courses and programs yes. specific to moms because 
um, especially yes. after you have a, a baby and we more so are going to be speaking to those moms. Um, so not if you have like a 15 year old, right. we're not really in that stage. So like, we don't really know what to say about that. Right. But, um, like a new mom, I just know that I would have like right now I'm even taking a course cause I feel like it's getting more popular now. People are like actually helping new moms mm-hmm. <laughs> weird in the U S like actually helping us do shit. Um, somebody like developed like a ab rehab course for moms, you know, after they have a baby, like, and she's like specializes in C-section recovery. Like never knew that you had to do shit like that after you had a baby, mm-hmm. like, Oh, that makes sense. So like, I feel like we, not that we're going to create an ab course, but that we're going to try to help new moms, you know, get their routine, mm-hmm. not back. I don't want to say back because your routine is like never going to cre- be the same. You're but like, creating a new routine. Let's create a routine that's going to put you first so that you're feeling happy, healthy, energized, and thriving. Yeah. And you're not wanting to scream at your kids and scream at your husband yes. and scream at yourself. Yes. That's what well, we want to do. Well, yeah. And I think, I mean, even thinking about myself like eight months ago, I mean, my routine eight months ago was so like, different. Oh, so different. It it would take me forever to do my morning routine, but I loved it Mm -hmm. because I had time for it. I would Mm -hmm. get up and I would, you know, just drink my pre-workout and I would journal and I would meditate and I would do, you know, affirmation cards. It would take me an hour before I even got my workout in. And it was great, but that, that isn't going to be realistic for me for the rest of my life. Right. And so things are going to have to change, but that doesn't mean you need to, that doesn't mean like this is what the misconception I had when I had Cameron mm-hmm. was that nothing was ever going to be the same. Right. Nothing. Like how am I, am I, I remember saying to my husband, am I ever going to feel like myself again? Or do anything that I used to do anything. Yeah. Cause yeah. you know, misconception, I thought my life's over, you know, whatever. But like, even now I'm working out again. I still journal sometimes. Yeah. Not all the time. No, but I same. do gratitude. You know, same with me. I do it when I yeah. feel when I feel like I need it, but it's because I'm self aware enough to know, like, I'm actually I feel good today. Yeah, I don't need right. I don't need to spend time doing this today. I feel good. Right, and that's what we want to help. And we want to. We have the basic needs boot camp right now, which will help anyone yes. at this point get their basic needs in place. But I think what we're gonna maybe maybe create at some point is more so specific to like new moms and like how that life is kind of like, and be more realistic of like how to mm-hmm. develop a routine around your family, how to eat healthy yeah. when you're also taking care of a kid, like all mm-hmm. of those things. And we may, I don't know, stay tuned. We have another podcast episode coming telling you like what you can expect from us in 2021. Yeah. Um, but we even have a couple of our business coaching clients who went through women on a virtual mission that we're throwing ideas around of potentially partnering up with them and some kind of course creation or something. Yeah. And I don't know. I think it's going to be fun. It's, and I think just, I'm excited to get back into like the swing of working and oh, content creation. I can't and wait all to just that. like dream big again. Yeah. I That's know. like the best part of this is like a whole nother episode. That's I the best know. part of being your own boss and your own, like as an entrepreneur is that you can literally come up with anything. Right. And it's so fun. Right. And like, it's not, Like, I don't feel like it's daunting going back to work. I mean, already I don't feel like that because I'm excited to do it. And it's never the same. No. It's it's, always And we get to be creative. New. I feel like we go through the emotional cycle of change like 8,000 times because we're always like, new, fun. And then we like go through it. Yes. The new, fun. I don't know. It's fun. Okay. So that's where we're at. So that's all. I think, I mean. I think we covered a lot. If you have any questions about anything or any like topic ideas that you want us to talk about, um, 
feel free to send us a DM uh, at fit.and.social. That's on Instagram. Um, or you can email us at get.fit.and.social at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you're interested in business talk, we have an Instagram for that. It's at WOVM underscore Lauren dot and dot Jenna. Yep. And we're still giving business tips away on that page. Um, we're really, you know, we're going to be sharing our business journey and how we are shifting and changing some things up over there as well. So stay tuned. Yeah, definitely go and check that out. All right. Until next time. See you later.